Hello, and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight, we are joined by my favorite counterpart, the literary vixen herself, Laura Trujelli. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <clears throat> Tonight, the two of us are going to engage in talking about aging stereotypes. A lot of the information that I'm going to pull tonight is from the National Institute um, on Aging. And they have a listed about 10 myths, 10 myths, almost like sound like I said mint. <laughs> I could do with some chocolate mints. I don't know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I thought it would be interesting to go through these. I found these prior to um to to, to prior to today. And mm -hmm. I found these very interesting as many people may know as they're listening. <clears throat> excuse me. You and I have had our hands on with um aging people in our lives as of lately, parents and etc. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so this is like a typical subject thing for, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite older than Laura, but uh, enough where I can, you know, take her and say, this is now my child. <laughs> 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 but so with that in mind, you know, I just kind of like, you know, going along this whole line of thinking about age, cause it's just in my face anymore. So mm -hmm. with that, I'd love to talk about the 10 myths about aging, aging, there, got to enunciate. So the first one here they have listed is depression and loneliness are normal in older adults. Do we think that's true? You know, I think that that is associated with, um, you know, as you get older, like it's, I don't know, I think that they think that that's like normal, you know? Mm, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what they have here is they say, as people age, some may find themselves feeling isolated and alone. This can lead to feeling of depression, anxiety, and sadness. However, these feelings are not a normal part of aging. Okay, did everyone hear that? This is not a normal part of aging. That's very interesting to me. <clears throat> Because growing older can have many emotional benefits, such as a long-lasting friendship. Hello. <laughs> Come on, Laura. We can hang in oh, there yeah. together, right? <clears throat> a family and lifetime of memories to share with loved ones. In fact, studies show that older adults are less likely to experience depression than young adults. Say what? <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> right? That's my feeling on this. Um, oh, that reminds me. Today, I, I actually got on Facebook and someone that I follow who's a, an influencer was actually going through depression. And she's probably, oh, I would have to say she's probably in her 30s and very mm -hmm. successful, but is actually pulling back in a deep depression of herself. Uh, a lot of issues she doesn't want to publicly put out there. but. I mean, mm -hmm. you hear that, and then you would naturally think that, oh, of course, we're going to be gray and old, and our lives are dwindling away, and we're like, oh, crap, now I've got nothing else I want to live for. But say again, because this is saying totally different. Mm 
-hmm. So when should we be concerned? It's important to remember that older adults with depression may have less, hear that, less obvious symptoms or be less likely to discuss their feelings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Depression is a common and potentially serious mood disorder, but there are treatments that are effective for most people. I find that interesting. Of course, they gave you some links here. This is a very informative site. Um, I'm going to try to remember to put the link uh, in the bio today when this goes out as far as being recorded because they have some mm-hmm. very interesting links um, <clears throat> like depression in older adults and how to ways to get help and treatments and signs to look for. So I will make sure I put the link in the bio, guys, so that we can all um, touch base with this. So, okay, and then again, they gave you the uh, um, 1-800 numbers for talk and suicide and crisis, crisis lifeline. So that's very informative. So number two. Okay, here we go, Laura. You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the older the older I get, the less sleep I need. Okay, who believes that? I <laughs> uh, know. <laughs> But you know what? I do hear from, you know, just people like, you know, throughout my life that I have met and the, and some of the older, you know, ones do say that they sleep less now. Like mm. they run on hardly any sleep or they have trouble sleeping. And I don't know if that equates to they need less sleep, <laughs> but they do wow. mention things yep. like um, not getting enough sleep or getting less sleep than they had before. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I agree with that as well, because um, <clears throat> as we've talked before, Laura, um, my mother is just now getting into the whole texting and I was getting texts at five o'clock this morning. So, <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, and I think she stopped texting me. Oh, it was around 11 yesterday and she was up at five. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you might be quicker at math than I am, but I don't have any hours of sleep, that is. And, um, but again, I went to bed to see it was, oh, it was going on four o'clock and I got up at nine o'clock this morning. But admittedly, I had like four dogs that were like, yo, lady, <laughs> we've got some stuff to do today. You need to get up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, along with the number two, the older I get, the less sleep I need. Here's what they say. As people age, they might find themselves having a harder time falling and staying asleep. A common misconception is that a person's sleep needs decline with age. Hmm. Older adults need the same amount of sleep as all adults, seven to nine hours each night. Getting enough sleep keeps you healthy and alert. Adequate sleep can also help reduce your risk of falls improve your overall mental well-being, and have many other benefits. Again, they give you some links here. Um, Learn more about the importance of getting a good night's sleep. Again, I find these very interesting as far as the link. And I, again, for everyone who's listening, I will have this link in the bio so that you can touch base and get a little ideas on that. So here we go, Laura. Number three, you ready? Drum roll. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Older adults can't learn new things. Or what do we think? 
Uh, you know what? I, I, I do think that that is a myth out there. I mean, me personally, I, I never thought that. I never thought that because like I was always surrounded with by, you know, people that were just always learning new things or be like, hey, guess what I learned to do today? Or they take classes, you know, sometimes they offer those classes on, you know, just different things, you know, whether it's cooking or learning how to sew or whatever. So like, I really never thought that, but I do definitely think that it is, it is out there that they think that they, you know, um, older people or older adults cannot learn new things. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. Um, before I read this, uh, the bio here with it <clears throat> to give us a little bit more information on it. Um, at, like I said, most people who've listened to the podcast know that my mother is going to be moving in over here with us since my father passed. And there have been some things that we've had to go through and teach her things that she didn't normally have to uh, handle herself. And one of those biggest things is like the cell phone. And like I said, now she does it. And so I get a massive amount of text, but just fine. I don't, I don't want to complain about that because, you know, I think getting into that and really hanging on to that is a lot, you know, especially mm -hmm. as far as articulating words. I think that is very important for your brain to actually put the words down, reading, writing. Um, the more knowledge you can take in, I think the better. Mm -hmm. And according to, um, again, the National Institute of Aging, they agree because it says not true. Older adults still have the ability to learn new things, create new memories and improve their performance and a variety of skills. While aging does often come with changes in thinking, many con con oh, there we go. Con Cognitive changes are positive. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, some things I should rethink this and really, you know, <laughs> I should really. Tongue tied. Tongue tied. Cognitive. There's the word. Oh my gosh. There it is. See, I'm telling you, you can still learn things as you get older. <laughs> I was waiting for and that joke. <laughs> such as having more knowledge and insight from a lifetime of experiences. Trying and learning new skills may even improve cognitive, there's the word again, abilities. For example, one study found that older adults who learn quilting or digital photography have improved memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm saying. Seeking out new social connections and others and engaging in social activities such as dance class, book club, can keep your brain active and may also boost your cognitive health. See, look at that. Three times at a charm and I have ruled that word. <laughs> yes. I need a like a yeah, there we go. There you mm -hmm. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's number four in this countdown of listings. It is inevitable that older people will get dementia. What do we think? I think that is like a common thing that people um, think. And, you know, there's also jokes made about it too. You know what I mean? Like, not all harmful, but just, you know, they make a joke about when they get older, you know, they'll have this or they have that, or I must be getting old because I have this, you know what I mean? So mm. I do definitely think that that's, that is out there with that. Right. Well, I can speak on this. Um, there are many side effects that cause dementia. One is being that it is genetic. Um, 
And I do know that there was some in my, I think my great grandmother, but I don't know anything about my grandmothers on either side or my grandfathers, but I do know my great grandmother did have dementia. And <clears throat> recently we did find out that my mother-in-law has um, dementia. So, according to this, it says, dementia is not a normal part of aging. Although the risk of dementia grows as people get older, it is not inevitable. There's another word. <laughs> Many people <laughs> live into their 90s and beyond without the significant declines in thinking and behavior that characterize dementia. Occasionally forgetting an appointment or losing your keys are typical signs of mild forgetfulness, which is very common in normal aging. Nevertheless, you should talk with a doctor if you have serious concerns about your memory and thinking or notice changes in your behavior and personality. These problems can range of different causes, some of which are treatable or reversible. Finding the cause is important for determining the best next steps. Very informative. Again, there's a lot of links here, guys, and I will definitely make sure this is in the bios because I don't know. I find this very, very informative, especially if you are an adult child of an aging parent. There's a lot of information here that could really help. Are you ready for the next one? This is number five. Mm -hmm. Older adults should take it easy and avoid exercise so they don't injure themselves. Hmm. I think maybe the public do, does think that um, coming from a personal side, uh, I, it was never that way. It was always, they were always walking. You know, there was a huge thing to walk. <laughs> I'm going to go do my walk. <laughs> I'm going to mm. go get my walking in, you know, but I do definitely think like, you know, it is out there that they shouldn't, maybe for fear of injuries, I think, you know, that would be the main thing. Not that they can't, but they could get hurt. Right. I agree with that. Um, I recently bought my mother a uh, step counter and, <laughs> mm -hmm. and she really, I mean, today I think she told me, she texted me and she got nine laps around her yard. Um, the closest she's gotten so far is to the regular 10,000 steps that a regular human being should have during the day. I think she got up to about 8,000. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know, right? And she it's it's really interesting to me because I always push myself to get my steps in and I'm 50. But <laughs> to know that you don't even look at it. You don't even look at it. Oh. The check is in the mail. Payday's tomorrow, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but um Anyway, so what they're saying here is as you age, you may think exercise could do more harm than good, especially if you have a chronic condition. However, studies show that you have a lot more to gain by being active and a lot to lose by sitting too much. Often inactivity is more to blame than age when older people lose the ability to do things on their own. Almost anyone at any age with most health conditions can participate in some type of physical activity. In fact, physical activity may help manage chronic conditions. Exercise and physical activity are not only great for your mental and physical health, but can help you feel independent as you age. Tai Chi. I did do some of this before Tai Chi. It's very a very 
complex movements, but it's also as you get into the pattern things that you do feel the formation of your body moves. I did do some of this, um, I think when I was in my forties, <laughs> I haven't been doing it lately, but, um, anyways, it's similar to mind, body and movement. It practices have been shown to improve balance and stability in older adults. And this can help maintain independence and prevent future falls. This is actually, this is very interesting because this is something that I've actually talked with my mother because she was like, you know, my veins are in my legs and that's why I'm getting stiff and this and all. And I'm like, yeah, your veins can have a lot to do with that. But lack of using your muscles can cause a lot of the falling and feeling weak and inability to keep yourself up and moving. So <clears throat> I think it's a balance. Yeah, mm -hmm. we agree on that. Yeah. Okay, so number six, along again, the National Institutes of Aging's website says if a family member has Alzheimer's disease, and my apologies because when I said dementia I earlier for my mother in law, it's not dementia, it's Alzheimer's. And I say Alzheimer's, ah, times. How do you pronounce it? How do you pronounce that, Laura? Alzheimer's. I see you say it the same way. <laughs> I don't know. As I'm just throwing that out. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm bad at that too. Um well I say okay, so if a family member has Alzheimer's, again, like I said, my mother-in-law has Alzheimer's, not dementia. So my apologies on that. But I did read a, a thing on it when I did look this up that Alzheimer's can go into dementia. Did you know that? No. Yeah, me neither, but interesting. Anyway, so if a family member has Alzheimer's disease, I will have it too. We agree with that or do we disagree with that? I don't know. I think that the information out there has led us to believe that is true. Well, it says a person's chance of Alzheimer's disease may be higher if he or she has a family history of dementia because mm -hmm. there are some genes that we know increase the risk. However, <clears throat> having a parent with Alzheimer's does not necessarily mean that someone will develop the disease. Learn about your family health history and talk with your doctor. See, that's interesting because um, my mother-in-law said it was more genetically. So I'm wondering if that has more to do with dementia. Hmm. But I did hear, um, it's one of the big reasons why I gave up aluminum. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, Nutrilic may offer permanent cure. Hmm. I don't, I haven't heard anything about Nutrilic. I do know that my mother-in-law um, was put on some medication and it has helped her. I'm not mm -hmm. exactly sure what the name of that is, um, says R.A. George in the room today. So, um, but th there are some studies as far as aluminum. And so I gave up deodorant with aluminum in it. And they tell mm -hmm. you, I saw a thing on about it, about not baking with aluminum foil. I don't know about you, but growing up, we always wrapped our potatoes in aluminum foil and stuck them in the oven. <laughs> you know, yeah. sliced babies open and slathered them up with butter. And now I'm like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, since when? Since when? Yeah, since, since when? Um, so uh, also what they're saying is our environmental and lifestyle factors such as exercise, diet, exposure to pollutants, which now makes me wonder about the aluminum foil, and smoking also may affect a person's risk for Alzheimer's. 
while you cannot mm-hmm. control the genes you inherited, you can take steps to stay healthy as you age, such as getting regular exercise, controlling high blood pressure, and not smoking. Again, there's some interesting links here. And again, for everyone who's tuning in, I will put the bio in the link today <clears throat> once we take the um, recorded information and I post it out so it'll go out to other medias. But very interesting. So now how we got down here. So number seven. Now that I'm older, I will have to give up driving. Hmm. What do we think? Well, I don't I don't think that if you have to give it up. <laughs> I think in a lot of cases <laughs> they suggest that you should, just based on, you know, some of the driving that um, you know, we've we've encountered. But I don't think it's yeah. ever that you should give it up or um, you know, it's more like you probably should think about it based on what I saw you oh, do yeah. earlier. <laughs> well, I, you know, as we've all been on the roads, I've seen some people that are far younger that possibly <laughs> mm-hmm. might rethink about yes. the whole driving. <clears throat> I'm night blind now. So for me, and I'm not sure, I need to look into that, but I don't know if you can get that corrected or you can get lenses for that. But I'm night blinded now. So, and I'm 50. So the last time I got my driver's license, I did that whole freaking test and they're like, can you see that? I'm like, no, dude, I can't see nothing. <laughs> so we, we, we know that there's limitations as far as that. So what they're saying is as the U.S. population ages, the number of licensed older adults on the road will continue to increase. The Federal Highway Administration recorded a record high of 221.7 million licensed in the U.S. in 2016, including 41.7 million, or almost one in five, who are 65 years or older. Natural changes can occur with we age that may affect a person's ability to drive, like having slower response speed, diminished vision or hearing, and reduced strength of mobility. Excuse me. The question of when it is time to limit or stop driving should not be about age. Rather, It should be about one's ability to drive safely. These questions may help you determine if you or a loved one needs to limit or stop driving. Talk with your doctor if you have concerns about your health and driving. And again, there are links accordingly so that you can get more information. I know my mother doesn't like to drive anymore. She does have a vehicle she can drive. Um, I know she has um, like a cataract in one eye. It's not uh, to the point where it has to be removed yet, but she does have it and it is coming on more so. And she doesn't feel comfortable driving, but again, she never really did like to drive. (laughs) So (laughs) um, preference. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is. She can do it. And Mm -hmm. she's not that far from us at this point. And, Mm -hmm. um, but she's talked about giving up the vehicle when she's fully moved over here. So I guess it's preference and what you feel comfortable with. So mm-hmm. I can kind of get behind both of that. Um, I like to drive, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. I find it more comforty out in the country, you know what I mean, than mm-hmm. driving in town. Because in town, I find myself going, get out of my way! <laughs> <laughs> Why are you breaking? Why? Why? <laughs> so, number eight. Only one need to worry about osteoporosis. Now, this is interesting. I have to say something on this. Um, When I was, oh, I think I was 30s, 
my doctor told me because here get this i had an eating disorder as i was growing up and it carried over um quite some time after um i'd given birth and everything so my doctor told me and i had to start taking more calcium and stuff because the fear was is as i was getting older because i had done so much purging and I had hurt myself along the way of starvation and eliminating the food and the vitamins and doing all the things you shouldn't do. Because I even had about 10 teeth removed. He said to me that I would end up getting osteoporosis. So, I mean, I've made some changes in my life. I do a lot of almond milk, which is higher in calcium. And I do the vitamins. But yeah, that's like something, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> that lurks in my head. So uh, they're saying here, it says, although osteoporosis is more common in women, this disease still affects many men and could be underdiagnosed. While men may not be as likely to have osteoporosis because they start with more bone density than women. Very interesting. One in five men over the age of 50, hello, my age, will have osteoporosis-related fractures. By the age of 65 or 70, men and women will lose bone mass at about the same rate. Many of the things that put men at risk are the same as those for women, including family history, not enough calcium or vitamin D, hello, and too little exercise, low levels of testosterone, too much alcohol, okay, you lost me there, too much alcohol, <laughs> taking drugs and smoking are risk factors. Learn more about osteoporosis and how to maintain your bone health as you age. And again, there are links available. So very interesting. Um, I like my, I like wine. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm not down on the whole bottle, but I'm telling you, as you hear more of these things about things you should give up to live longer, it's like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know, mm. oh my, I guess it's, it's just a balancing, you know, it's just a balancing job here. All right. So here we go as number nine. We're almost at the end of this list. Can you believe that? Wow. I'm too old to quit smoking. Okay, now this one's a plain and simple one. Come on, guys. <laughs> this is very bold and very simple. I don't think we're ever too old for this. Right. It doesn't matter how old you are or how long you've been smoking. Quitting at any time improves your health. Smokers who quit have fewer illnesses such as colds and the flu, lower rates of bronchitis, pneumonia, and overall better feeling of well-being. The benefits of quitting are almost immediate. Within a few hours, the carbon monoxide level in your blood begins to decline. And in a few weeks, your circulation improves and your lung functions increase. Smoking causes an immediate and long-term rise in your heart rate, blood pressure. But quitting can lead to lowering of your heart rate and blood pressure over time. Quitting smoking will also lower your risk of cancer, heart attack, stroke, and lung disease. Quitting will also reduce secondhand smoke exposure to other family members or caregivers in the home. It is never too late to reap the benefits of quitting smoking and setting a healthier example for your children and your grandchildren. And again, there's links if those you may need them to quit smoking and where to find help. <clears throat> now, on to the last one. 
Um, okay, so R.A. George puts in the room, do you guys have cryotherapy? There are arthritis there in the USA. Hmm. Not, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. Have you, Laura? No. I mean, I've heard of cryotherapy, but I'm not, I'm not sure if it's for, um, you know, for helping with arthritis. Um, that I'm not sure if that is the huh. treatment that we use here in the USA for that. All right, hold on a second here. We're just going to put that in the old browser and forget. Okay, cryotherapy is the use of extreme cold to freeze and remove abnormal tissue. Doctors use it to treat many skin conditions, including warts and skin tags and some cancers, including prostate, cervical, and liver cancer. This treatment is also called cryobination procedures, details, recovery, and outlook. Hmm. Well, there is available at the Cleveland Clinic, but I think it's mainly for. Like, again, like they said, skin conditions. Oh, you're in Dubai. Okay, well, welcome from Dubai to R.A. George to the room. Um, Laura and I are both in the USA. You probably get that from <laughs> our terminology. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you feel that it's a great topic. Um, so the last on the list for today from the National Institute of Aging, just a reminder for everyone where we're getting our information from. Number 10 is my blood pressure has lowered or returned to normal so I can stop taking my medication. This seems pretty obvious on that, but what do we think, Laura? <laughs> I think that um, it's not just with blood pressure medications, with, with any type of medication. I think that they the improvement and they just stop taking it. You know, they don't announce it. They just stop taking it and say, I'm fine now. Well, it was because you were taking your medicine. No, no, I don't need it. Oh anymore. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm probably bad at this too, that when you start to feel better, you're like, oh my gosh, do I need to take the rest of this bottle? You know, it's kind of like, mm, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I'm not a big pill taker. So it's very hard for me to be like invested in taking pills um even i learned this shortly before my father passed away this year uh he took a lot of tylenol and uh, my husband and i were always concerned about that so we actually looked mm -hmm. into that and some of the things that were happening to him that actually instigates that along i mean just it's very interesting because you can take too much of something too and mm -hmm. it can end up hurt. You know, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, well, that's great. If I get a problem, I'll just take a pill for that. <laughs> right, and right. now it's now, you know what I mean? You have to even limit that. Um, R.A. George in the room says coffee for lowering blood pressure. Oh, my gosh. You know what? <laughs> I just finished my cup queen. in here. <laughs> well, I know. Yes, I just I finished my that. cup. <laughs> I just had finished a cup of pumpkin coffee myself, so I feel you. Uh, I feel you. But was it, is there, is that a whole thing? Well, you know what? I need to put that in the search for coffee and blood pressure. Let's look that up and see where we are on that. Because can that work the other way as well? Let's see. Coffee for blood pressure. Let's see what we get on that. 
Mm. The blood pressure response to caffeine differs from person to person. Some researchers believe that caffeine could block a hormone that helps keep your arteries widened. Others think that caffeine causes your adrenaline glands to release more adrenaline, which causes your blood pressure to increase. Mm. And that's from the Mayo Clinic. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess it would depend on where your blood pressure's level are, maybe. Maybe, yeah. or maybe like with the doctor watching, you know, like with, <clears> okay, <throat> we can try and then they just keep an eye on you and see uh, how it oh, affects yeah. or if it makes things worse or, you know. Yeah, it does make sense, RJ, R.A. George, I'm sorry. It does make sense. It could work either way. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know my blood pressure goes up if I haven't had my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, don't talk to me yet. I ain't had coffee. I don't like you. Don't like you until after coffee. So as we were (laughs) talking number 10 for blood pressure, uh, it says has lowered or returned from normal so I can stop taking my medication. So they're saying high blood sugar is a very common problem for older adults, especially those in their 80s and 90s, and can lead to serious health problems if not treated properly. If you take high blood pressure medicine and your blood pressure goes down, it means the medicine and any lifestyle changes you have made are working. However, it is very important to continue your treatment and activities long term. If you stop taking your medicine, your blood pressure could rise again, increase your risk for health problems like stroke and kidney disease disease, excuse me. Talk with your doctor about possibilities for safely changing or stopping your medication. So very interesting. And there are very, a lot of links here again, a lot of numbers, um, even an AARP.org, cancer, uh, lots of information. Again, I will make sure I have um, the National Institute for Aging's link in this bio from this article, because there is quite a bit of information here I find very interesting. Very, very interesting. So R.A. George in the room says, maybe if you have a fit of activity lifestyle, such as running, walking, it could be lowered. It could be. But I wonder, too, about how much um, if that can affect you the other way. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's too much, too much. Because you've heard people about when they run and then they have a heart condition. You know what I mean? I just don't know. I, th- I think it's a, such a balance, especially, I, and not just much as we get older, like right now, like I think I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm <coughs> 50. <laughs> <laughs> so it could happen either way. Um, let's, let's, let me do a little search here as far as that. We can end on that note here. So exercise and blood pressure. <clears throat> if I can spell right, that would be great. There we go. You know what I also <clears throat> think also is it needs to take into factor is like not just um, the blood pressure, but like as a whole of what each individual has. You know, they might have diabetes. They might have additional health problems that 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 um, need to be taken in into consideration when suggesting like a regimen as such as like, okay, you can have one cup of coffee. I even like someone even said that their doctor recommended like having red wine, like a glass Mm. a day or something like that. But I do think that they need like it all 
depends on the other health issues that the individual has, you know what I mean? Um, but right. I do think um, like the benefits of having coffee or wine or there was another, there was another thing I read about, but like, I think if they take it all into account, you know, Hey, this could be the best course because of studies and all that. But I think um, if blood pressure is their main concern, then, and it shows that it helps, um, and the doctor's like, you know what, I think you, this could really help you, but let's monitor it. Then, you know, I think of course, like that could be beneficial, but I, I just remember that just popped in my head that there might be additional health concerns, um, on top of the blood pressure. Right. So as far as the answer from what I'm looking at the Mayo Clinic, ex my question asks is exercise to lower blood pressure. So some examples of aerobic exercise that can help look lower blood pressure include walking, which we already just talked about, jogging, cycling, swimming, or dancing. Another possibility is high intensity interval training. This type of training involves alternating short bursts of intensity activities, which periods of lighter activity. Now in the same, I want to give the same kind of emphasis on the other side of the spectrum here. I ask exercise, increasing your blood pressure. And it says normal blood pressure rises, here we go, guys, during exercise due to increased cardiovascular demand and oxygen uptake from working muscles. There is an immediate increase in symptomatic activity as far as in the heart rate to boost cardiac output. And this one is from the National Institute of Health. So I guess, you know, I guess you'd need a whole freaking body scan <laughs> to know which way is going to help you, you know. Um, I would find it hard to believe that no activity at all would help you as a benefit. You just want to be comatose. I, you know what I'm saying? So, right, right. And uh, let's see, uh, R.A. George says, oh, yes, H-I-I-T uh, is great, but it's scary and tough. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know. I don't know. I, I haven't had any signs of uh, high blood pressure for myself. Um, the most I had was as I got into a kick of eating way too much peanut butter and my cholesterol went a little high. But, I, you know, I mean, you can't expect to sit down with a jar of peanut butter and expect things to be okay. <laughs> right. I mean, even though it says the jar says organic, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think a jar a day is recommended. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you have to be in a in in a you know in a, in a certain type of field to 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 just polish away a, <laughs> a jar of peanut butter. Not not that it hasn't happened. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, I've done the keto, and you know, it seemed like a really good thing. I'm like, this might not be a good thing, but I, I hit a low, and it just—I don't know—it hit the spot for a few days, and it kind of caught up to me and slapped me in the face. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend. That's not, you know, not something I would put out there. Too many people there. So we've reached that time in the show, guys. We usually do 20 minutes, but we went over a little bit. I hope you find the stuff that we we talked about a little bit of informative. Again, I'll put the link in the bio today, especially when it goes out on the websites and goes to iTunes and Amazon. Uh, thank you, R.A. George. He says, good conversation. We enjoyed having you with us. So yes. I will make sure this is in the bio, guys. Now, we're in that time of the show, my favorite time. You know about it, Laura. 
It is oh, yeah. the Amazon deal of the day. Deal of okay. the day. Deal of the day. Deal of the day. Ah. <laughs> Shop until you got no more money. <laughs> That's my daily life. <laughs> if you don't do it that way, you're doing it wrong. Just kidding. <laughs> no. We do not recommend anything that's said into the show. <laughs> no, no. These are our, only our views and opinions. <laughs> yeah, these are only opinions. Please do not follow by our lead. Okay, so today, guys, I found the best. Because, you know, we're getting to the end. What day is today? It is the 14th of September. October is just around the freaking corner. So, as usual. My Halloween is pushing upward. So today, I found the Ben Shower Halloween shirts for Halloween. And guess what this one is? It is my favorite. The Hocus Pocus shirt, Sanderson Sisters. The funny Ooh. monster Halloween. It's 20% off, guys. $15.99. And not just one image. There are tons. And various sizes. There's one just says Hocus Pocus. The Sanderson's Breakfast. Bed and breakfast. Oh, this one's cute. Children stay free. <laughs> so, uh. that's, that's cute. And um, there's a bunch of what are the all three witches on a broom, a vacuum broom, by the way. It is, they're just absolutely adorable. And again, we're talking about 20% off. I'll have it in the bio as well for anyone who's interested. I want to thank you, Laura, as usual, being my cohort. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, R.A. George, for coming in here and putting your opinions on the on the wall. I really do enjoy it. Come back anytime. Thank you to all our listeners. Until next time, bye-bye for now. <laughs>